I've been waiting 23 years to say that. God damn it, even in my basement it's too hot, and it's like 10 degrees cooler down here than it is upstairs. I'm like gonna die. Same same for me, I'm in my basement, and it's like a good 10 degrees cooler, but still I'm like... Uh, hiya, Homer! Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sweaty even in the basement, it's pretty gross. So that was a great way to start the show. This is the FBI's Most Unwanted, I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And today we are covering Season 3, Episode 15, titled Piper Maru, originally aired February 9th, 1996. It was directed by Rob Bowman and written by Frank Spotnitz and Chris Carter and has all kinds of characters in it. This is a big episode and I bet you did not know, here is a cast member that I bet you did not know because he was... uh, a bit younger at this time, and he had a small part, Michael Bublé. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Singer Michael Bublé, best known for his Christmas albums. Yes, Wait, he was, was he in the... the... Was he the technician at the beginning with, like, when they were talking to uh, the, the the doctor when they have they're originally talking to, about the bodies? Nope, he's in the flashback on the submarine. Which one was he? Um... Just an, I, I'm gonna off the top of my it. head, I can't tell you only because uh, as I'm picturing him, um, I'm not picturing him younger in my head, and it's I'm having some trouble with it because 1996. I need to quite, find now. I gotta look on, go on the the internets. I'm sure we can just Google Michael Bublé X Files. Yeah. And anyway, uh, I think he was. Um, the one that had the that he got infected with the black oil. I'm not entirely. Hold on, I'll tell you. Images. I need images. Because right on the right on the cast oh! list, it just says submarine crew member on he's, the cast. Yeah, he's he's he was one of the. Uh, he was one of the infected, but he wasn't physically infected. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the ones that they went in the flashback got when they irradiated. Trapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. Kind of just gonna, I thought you were going to be like, Topher Grace. And I'm like, really? We're just going to have another member of that 70s shows? Nope. Nope. It's pretty weird. And um, let's see. I, there's a couple other uh, guest stars that I don't actually recognize what they are from. Um, so I guess... Yeah, I guess I don't need to talk about any of them. Lots and lots of uh, people, a lot of stuff going on in this episode. Uh, This episode was (laughs) written entirely because uh, Chris Carter had two things he had wanted to include in a script since the beginning of the show. The first one was um, 
that opening scene of a deep sea diver finding a still living pilot trapped in the wreckage of a World War II fighter plane. Yeah. And the second was the black and white flashback taking place on a submarine. And because of that, Frank Spotnitz started working on this episode. <laughs> and this is what they came up with, and it turned out pretty well. Um, Frank Spotnitz actually wrote most of this on an airplane. He was taking a flight out of Minneapolis, and he wrote his ideas on the back of a magazine because he had forgotten to bring any paper. So that magazine is in someone's like weird X-File collection, probably. I imagine it probably is. Let's uh, the find it. <laughs> uh, the title of the episode, Piper Maru, is a uh, taken from the first and middle name of Gillian Anderson's daughter, who was born back during the production of season two. That's where the name Piper Maru comes from. Um... And the name Gautier, who is one of the characters in this, is actually a reference to their special effects producer, David Gauthier. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, the cold open was filmed in a water tank with a replica plane. Uh, let's see. This is a weird one. It says in the background... Um, it says that Gillian Anderson had to react to a memory of playing with her sister as a childhood and the scene involved digitally uh, inserting the children into Anderson's scene and he told Anderson to act towards a treester and uh, she's not, it, she and the kids, they're not in the same like it's a close-up of her face and then a close-up of the kid like i don't understand what this this story means am i remembering there so the way you're wording it makes it the way you're wording it makes it sound like they didn't have the kids on set the same day they shot her reaction right they didn't so she just looked out the window of the car at a tree, <laughs> at a tree. and pretended it was her sister but i mean what i'm i don't remember her I don't remember an angle from her perspective in the car where you could also see the memory of her playing hopscotch with her sister. I remember a close-up of Gillian Anderson's reaction, and I remember a close-up uh, without Gillian Anderson in the shot at all of her and her sister playing hopscotch as children. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of weird. Um, let me see. Also, the ending was reshot um, because he didn't like the way it was originally shot. And uh, that's apparently all the good background stuff. Obviously, um, the black oil effects were in the eyes were all digital. Um Oh, here's an interesting one. The crew went through various iterations to find the two right types of fluids to make the physical oil. Oh, yeah? Uh, they eventually used a mixture of real oil and acetone, which is like a paint thinner. All right. Yeah. So I imagine that was unpleasant to be covered in. Yeah, that sounds like, that just sounds painful. Yeah, and smelly. 
Can you ma- like, I was, it's, oh, it's, but isn't like, isn't paint thinner like something you don't want to get on your skin in general? Uh, yeah, but acetone is, uh, organic. It's not, uh, like a chemical. It's not, uh, acetone is different than, um, I'm, I, I'm having trouble remembering the name of the other paint thinner, but acetone is like what you, what women use to get, uh, like nail polish off uh, their fingernails. Okay. All yeah. Right. It's, it's, I, I called it paint thinner. It's, it's an organic paint thinner. It's not... God, I know the name of the other one. It's right on the tip of my tongue, and I can't remember it, and it's not important. <laughs> Forget the episode. This Forget is what the episode. Today. It's more important that I remember the name of uh, Paint Thinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So this episode, like I said, it starts with a French salvage ship known as the Piper Maru in the Pacific Ocean. And in a scene that to me is absolutely horrifying because I don't like the idea of diving at all. And this guy, Gautier, gets in a dive suit and goes underwater. And he finds this World War II fighter plane. And there's a dude alive inside the cockpit with... That's fucking horror. I don't even for ex even for 90s, like, I'm like, that's fucking horrifying. Just like... A live person just in yeah. a plane underwater. Yeah, that's a terrifying... Especially <laughs> since he's been there. I mean, obviously we find out later that it is through unnatural means. But, uh... But still, that's the same... I always have nightmares of, like, driving my car over a bridge. And then some for some reason, I, my car goes into mm-hmm. the river... And I have to, like, roll down... Like, I forget to roll down the window beforehand. So I, like, have to fight... Like the yeah. pressure, like while being stuck. No, it's no fuck that noise. <laughs> it's it, dude, yeah. It's a fucking nightmare. It's not a fun idea. I don't like it. Um, and so this dude, he has black oil in his eyes, and when Gautier finally resurfaces, because his crew loses contact with him and everything, and they think he's not coming back up, but when he comes back up. He's got the black oil in his eyes. And then, meanwhile, back in Washington, Skinner is like, um, Scully, hi. I, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but they're, they're not going to keep investigating your sister's murder. Like, they have no leads. And Scully rightfully is like, we can find a guy who blew up a building even though he wasn't near the building and determined that he wet the bed as a child and you can't find the man who shot my sister in a well-lighted apartment building like no this is not who left his who left his dna on a gun at the scene of the yeah crime. she's like no this is there that is just not true and skinner's like yeah, basically, I know, but, like, I can't do anything about it. But I'll I'll see what I can do about it. He basically is, you know, I'll see what I can do about it. So then, obviously, Mulder tells Scully about the Piper Maru, which had uh, laid anchor at the same coordinates as another ship, which they thought salvaged a UFO. Well, Mulder thinks it salvaged a UFO. 
And then when the Piper Maru came back to port in San Diego, all the crew was suffering from severe radiation. So they go to the hospital and in another very horrific scene for the 90s, just a hospital full of very burned men with very good burn makeup on them. I mean, it's super simple from what I understand to do burn makeups, mm. but damn, like they went all out. Yeah, with it. and the doctor at the at the where they're all being treated is like, ah, uh, they were exposed to this much radiation. He uses like a technical term, and then Scully does my favorite thing in all of television, where they explain something really technical with really with something like everybody can relate to. She goes. Oh, that's almost as much as the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <laughs> uh, it's like on, um, you know, they'll say something really super technical on Star Trek and then someone will go, just like letting the air out of a balloon. And they'll be like, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's the oldest trope ever of being super of like, here's the smart way to say it. Now for all the dumb dumbs out there, Here's what we mean. It's like folding a paper on top of itself and poking a hole in it. What is that one from? I know that one. I don't. The one. The one you said is from uh, Futurama. Right. Where we're bend with Bender and stuff. The one, I don't know what mine was from. I just kind of. I pull, remember it. It, it, out it has ass. something to do with black holes. Black holes. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it is actually. It's from. Um, I think it's from a, a like a movie where they're like, think of this piece of paper as like as the time stream, and you take this pencil and you stick it right through the middle. You're like you could be in two. I think it's ver, ver, Event Horizon, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Or was it Interstellar? Maybe. Anywho, <laughs> Interstellar. <laughs> Once again, we're distracted by things that. Anywho. Much uh, like a goldfish when he gets after three seconds on one side of the fish fishbowl. <laughs> just like Dory in Finding Nemo. <laughs> uh, just like how Ellen DeGeneres treats her interns. I oh. Mean, oh. Snap. Yeah, topical-ish. <laughs> uh, so uh, Mulder and Scully, they go to the Piper Maru, and a military crew has just been over the whole ship. And they're like, um, no, like, there's just nothing there. Like, you can go on. It's fine. It's safe. And Mulder finds the black oil all over Gautier's diving suit. Which and I find very bizarre if they went through that whole ship. I think they were, because they were more focused on radioactivity versus anything else. Right. And also don't forget the generator was off. Oh, yeah. For a brief period of time. Um, and then it came back on while they were on the ship, uh, while Mulder and Scully were on the ship and Mulder sees that Gautier's diving suit is equipped with a camera that nobody looked at yet. Uh, and Scully finds a map that has the words Zeus Faber on it. And then, uh, we get a scene that is responsible for one of my favorite X-Files gifs where they are watching the video uh, from Gautier's diving suit and they see the plane and Scully's like, that's a World War II P-51 Mustang and there's a man inside it. They see the man 
And Mulder goes, I just got very turned on. <laughs> and that is a gif you can use on the internet, is Mulder going, I just got very turned on. <laughs> so Gautier goes back to his house, and he clearly doesn't really recognize his own house because he's possessed by this black oil. And he's tearing his house apart. And finally he finds whatever he's looking for. And just then his wife Joan shows up and she's like, Oh, Hey, they, they, you know, they told me there was an accident. I'm so glad you're home. And she gives him a big hug and he doesn't hug back. And she's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Oh God. And she turns to run and then he catches her and he gives her the black oil and yeah. And so Scully, having identified the call signs on the back of the P-51 Mustang under the water, she goes to visit an old friend of her father's, uh, Commander Christopher Johansson, and she shows up. And you can almost immediately tell something is hinky here, because even though she's like, hey, I'm, you know, Dana Scully, and he's like, I- I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember and she's like, well, my father, you know, uh, you were friends with him. He's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, and I played with your son. And he's like, oh, um, yeah, he's not here. And she's like, I'm not looking for him. I'm looking for you. I found these call signs it, it, I, from a P-51 Mustang. And it has something to do with, you know, these irradiated folks. And he and the Zeus Faber. And he's like, well, um. I, I, I don't know There's what to tell. There's always that little pause before he says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, yeah, motherfucker, Well, and also you know. he, he, he just straight <coughs> up goes, uh, these aren't the call signs of a P-51 Mustang bomber. Or the, the, the tail numbers. He goes, these don't belong to that plane. They belong to another plane. And Scully's like, uh, okay. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't help you. And so she goes to leave, and on her way off the base or out of the housing complex, she gets stopped. They're like, you're being detained. And uh, Johansson pulls up, and he's like, hey, um, like, my son died, um, so I can't tell him say hi and, oh, here's the whole story of the Zeus Faber. We were a sub that w- we went to go look for this bomber underwater. And we all got radiation burns. And I mutinied against the commanding officer who had, like, this black stuff in his eyes. So, yeah. We find that out. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, Skinner, he goes out to lunch. He's enjoying himself. And a whole bunch of men in trench coats come into the diner. Well, well, yeah, you're me, yeah the, the first, first time, time is at uh, lunch, yeah. The diner. Does all these men keep coming in just having these weird conversations and she's just there? Mm-hmm. No. And so, um, Skinner, he's sitting at lunch and uh, a, a guy sits down at the table across from him. And he's like, hey, what's good here? And Skinner's like, ah, whatever. And he's like, well, is there anything good that's not on the menu? <laughs> and Skinner's like, 
ask the waitress and this gray-haired man, because that's what he's called. He's one of the men in black. He's like, listen, Agent Skinner, like sometimes there's a chain of command. You know how like some all of your employees and your subordinates, they listen to you. Well, you have people above you, too, and you're supposed to listen to what they say, just like your subordinates uh, are supposed to listen to you. And what you're not supposed to do is keep investigating the thing you're investigating about Melissa Scully. (laughs) And so that... And he's like, okay, great. Can I leave now? And he storms out. And then we'll come back to Skinner later. Uh, well, then he, like, throws out the gray hair man, like, throws out the threats. Like, sometimes it's mm-hmm. better if you think about, like, your your actions. Because that could really reflect on what your future might look like. Where you know it's a threat. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, uh, like, you should part of me was... Think about your career, yeah. Skinner. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> god damn it, Skinner. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Mulder shows up at Gautier's home and he finds this letter uh, from the salvage company and he finds Gautier and he's covered in the black oil and he has no memories. So Mulder goes to the salvage broker And we obviously know something is up with her because he knocks on the door and she's like, who is it? And she shuts all her, and he's like, FBI. And she shuts all of her cabinets and locks them and sits at a desk and has a hidden gun under the desk. Yeah, she's a fucking sawed-off two-barreled shotgun just under the desk. Yep. And Mulder walks in and he's like, hi, I'm looking for so-and-so. And And she's like, well, he's not here. I'm his secretary, Geraldine. He's like, great. Well, when he gets back, just just tell him I was here. But Mulder obviously realizes and he follows Geraldine uh, because her office gets invaded by... And when he follows her, he realizes that she is actually the person he is after she's not the secretary she is the salvage broker and she goes to hong kong and so Mulder follows her to hong kong and also so does joan who is gautier's wife who is possessed by the black oil so Mulder follows geraldine and joan follows Mulder. <laughs> um <laughs> But also there was a phone conversation between Scully and Mulder before he leaves for Hong mm-hmm. Kong. Because she, like, fills him in on the what the jet plane was and what they were doing. Yep. To kind of get some more background on what exactly is happening, even though they still don't really have any answers right. yet. Because this is a two-parter. And Mulder's just like, I gotta go to Hong Kong. And she's like, wait, what? Yep. So Mulder goes to Hong Kong. And he tracks down Geraldine at a restaurant. And he finds out that she is a middleman. She buys and sells government secrets. And Mulder's like, great, I'm arresting you. And which I... Legally, he probably can't do, but whatever. Um, 
And she's like, you can't arrest me. Like, they don't allow guns in China. They took your gun away at the airport when you got here. And he's like, well, I, I still have these. And he handcuffs her, which is pretty <laughs> kinky. It's kinky. But also, at the same, uh, it's also the way they're handcuffed is like the most it's just such an awkward way because mm-hmm. no matter what, he always has to have his his right shoulder, his right arm is attached to her left yep. arm. So it's just like this weird, like, over-the-shoulder, like, drag. Yeah. And so Mulder has her take him to her Hong Kong office. And when they get inside... We meet our old pal, Alex Krychek, who is there waiting because he wanted to sell the contents of the digital tape that he stole all the way back in the episode Paperclip. Uh, The last time we saw him when Mulder's dad died. And obviously Mulder's pissed. He's like, oh, it's you. You killed my dad. Um... He slams the door and the, on his handcuffed arm. So Geraldine is caught outside and Mulder is caught inside with Krychek. And Krychek manages to get out through a window. But Geraldine is shot by a bunch of men. And so Mulder <laughs> hears the gunshots and he has to escape the handcuffs and jump out through the window too. Um, and then... Joan walks in and she sees all the men there and they try to shoot her but she lights up into a great big bright white ball and all the men get severe radiation burns and die. So we find out that the black oil is the actual source of the radiation. (laughs) And that's how that goes. Um, So uh, then... Mulder, he's going to go home. This scene drove me a little nuts because because it's the same problem I had back uh, with the train episodes when when Mulder was paper the paperclip mm-hmm. episode where Mulder's trying to get on the other boat and it's just all these like guards just see him blatantly just crawling around. <laughs> Getting on both. It's the same problem this with this because Krychek so walks by. Him. They're in the airport. Mulder assaults Krychek in the middle. He basically of, punches literally him. punches him in the face and takes his gun away and holds him at gunpoint in the airport. In and no one says anything. And nobody notices. There's even like a shot of people walking by in front of them. And the foot with the gun just I mean, he's got, like, his arm folded, and he's got, like, his arm, and, like, the gun is sticking up over his elbow, but it still looks so weird. And Krychek's, like, bleeding out the nose. While also being, like, neck-choked, like, against the phones. Yeah, Mulder slams him against the bank of phones. (laughs) It's so funny. Can you imagine living in this kind of universe where that kind of bullshit... Just, I mean, um, like, I mean, it does happen on occasion out in for us in general. But I mean, something like that, where like with espionage. Yeah, and, yeah, like, I know. You want to do something secret, Matt? Say you're trying to get out of the house because you forgot to get something, and Leanne, if, if Leanne finds mm-hmm. out, 
that you forgot something, that she's going to be pissed. So you're, like, trying to creep around the house, but you're just, like, slightly bended knee, just, like, doing the, the creep. And Leanne sees you in full in full display of you trying to sneak out but says nothing it's so weird it's yeah you know what it reminds me of a little bit i just watched the uh fun with weapons episode of south park <laughs> at the very end when cartman says he's going invisible and he gets completely naked and just starts walking across the stage because he thinks nobody can see him and they all just stare in shock at naked cartman creeping across oh my god <laughs> It's so, or uh, <laughs> or when he thinks he's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, kind of like that. It is. He's just like pushing the filing cabinets and throwing paper. And they're all and the reacting. Like, what the hell's happening? But they're all not like kid. What are you doing? They're all just going. They're all just confused. Yeah, they're like, what's happening? I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of exactly what it's like. <laughs> so, uh, Mulder's like, oh my god, you killed my dad, I should kill you. And Crycheck is like, you're not going to kill me, I still have that tape. But if you let me go and you don't kill me, you can have that tape. And he also says he didn't kill his dad. Right. Uh, which, uh... No, the other, uh, there was an, the other there guy. There was the other guy. Did it. But the, um, the, shit. Uh, there was another the, assassin there as well. Um, the, it was the same guy who took out the Japanese, uh, attendant in paperclip with like the, uh, with the piano wire. Oh, the red haired man. I think it's the red haired man. I, if I remember correctly. Um, and so Mulder's like, great. Where is it? And Krychek is like, I don't have it. It's in a, it's in a, a storage locker. In Washington, I have the key. Here it is. But, like, you literally, you have to let me go. You can't kill me or else you'll never know which locker this key goes to or anything. And Mulder is like, fine. Um, go into the bathroom and get your face cleaned up. And while that is going on, back in Washington, D.C., Skinner is back at his little restaurant. Apparently, he likes this place. And it's nighttime, and Skinner and the waitress are the only person people in there, except for one other man uh, who comes in, and he's like, hey, your payphone doesn't work. You owe me $1.70. It ate my... God, he's such a chad. <laughs> you owe me $1.70. Like, it ate my it ate my change. And she's like, I, I, you're going to have to talk to the phone company. Like, I don't... I, and so... Skinner, he goes, and he folds his paper, and he stands up, and he walks over, and he's like, is there a problem here? And in one of the most over-the-top reactions in the world, this dude goes, yeah, there's a problem here! And he turns around, and he shoots Skinner in the gut, and... It reminded, it reminded me of the scene in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. I know yeah. you haven't seen the movie, but you know the scene, I think. Where it's just, he's walking, this guy's taking out his trash, and then the guy across the street just goes, GARBAGE DAY! And it's like, <laughs> it, it just open fires. Oh god, I don't know that, but that's really funny. It, I'll have to find that for you. It's like the most over-the-top, 
Like, see. Yeah, there's a problem here. And he shoots Skinner and he runs out. And then uh, somebody calls um, Scully and tells her that uh, Skinner's been shot. Then back at the airport in Hong Kong, Krychek, he goes in to take a leak and wash his, wash his face. And first of all, he washed his face first before he took a leak. The true sign of a bad guy. <laughs> I guess so. I thought, it, eh, I don't know. Taking a leak with a bloody face would be a pretty bad guy thing to do. I don't know. It would, but you would, like, like because he's basically washing his hands and his face before he takes a leak. That's true. Yeah. Good point. So it's just like, it's it's very weird. Cry check caused COVID. <gasps> we solved it. Get him, boys. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Joan comes into the bathroom and Krychek, he kind of laughs because there's a lady in the men's room and then she attacks him and Krychek walks out of the bathroom and past Mulder and Mulder's like, everything all right? And Krychek's like, yep, every feel like a whole new man and he's got the black oil and now it's to be continued. Which is very interesting because that's like the one thing I have found have found weird about this episode was everyone minus Krychek and the captain. No one else really spoke that was uh, that had the black ooze in their mm-hmm. eyes. So I wasn't sure about like in- intellect of because like it, when he was in the French guy, go he was like basically going through a bunch of papers I'm like okay so he can't talk but he can mm, read no because Gautier responded when he first came out of the water because they asked him a question oh, when yeah. he came out of the water and he said he, yeah i just got disoriented yeah he, i just got yeah that's what he said i just got disoriented um so it has something that goes on with it the black oil uh it's well there's a lot more because this is the first of several episodes involving the black oil, including nice. the movie. The The black oil plays a part Ooh. in the movie and the movie is still a, a few seasons away. So it's I, I've overall really enjoyed this episode. Um, the more because now it's just getting more involved with everything around it. And I don't know. I just now get more excited when it comes to. Like the main story uh, portions. Mm-hmm. Like the monsters are weak are awesome, but now I'm more invested with what's happening with the overall, overall mm-hmm. arc. So every time those episodes come around, I'm just like, oh, sweet! Like, get to a little bit, nerd niblet of like what, oh, like the whole thing that's coming together. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, early on, it's still pretty early in the mythology of the episode. This is when the mythology of the episode is still really good. Uh, we got a long way to go before it gets too complicated for its own good. Um, but, uh, I think a lot of that, just looking ahead, uh, a lot of this stuff wraps up with the movie and then they kind of end up having to rethink where they are going after that. Yeah. So it is a nice build as it continues to go on through season, the rest of season three and then season four and five. Um, uh, I think this episode's really strong. I think it's shot really well. 
I like the the black and white flashback. I like the nightmare imagery of the diver finding the the dude alive in a World War II bomber under the Pacific Ocean. Um, I like bringing Crycheck back. Very strong. Uh, a good uh, A of an episode. Yeah, I agree. I would fit this in like the A range just because of it's just fantastic what they do with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, nightmare imagery. Totally down with. All right, good. Well, next week's episode is titled Apocrypha. It is the second part of this episode. And then I'm just kind of looking ahead, and there's also a really, really good episode the week after that uh, that was directed, or excuse me, written by Vince Gilligan of Breaking Bad fame. That episode is called Pusher. And that one's uh, coming up. Uh, there's still several really good episodes coming up this season. So, so, oh, God. It, that's it for this episode. If I can get my recording window back. I was just looking at the episode list and now, there's my recording window. Wow, everyone's going to love listening to that bullshit if I don't edit it out. <laughs> I've lost my mind, everybody. Matt's gone insane. Story of my life. Bye. (laughs) Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.